York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show. Here, give you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time with the squad back in full effect. And the Knicks select the Brooklyn paint jobs out of Brooklyn. You might as well just move to Connecticut right now, all right? 124 2106. Shout out to our New York Knicks. Jalen Brunson came to play, drops a 40 piece on the Nets head. Finishes with 40 points, five assists, and two rebounds on the night. Shout out to Jalen Brunson. Julius Randle held down the first quarter, giving 18 points, 10 rebounds, and four assists. Number seven on the MVP ladder as of today. Shout out to Julius Randle. Quickly comes in with 14 points and five assists. Really held it down for us in the fourth quarter with the scoring. So shout out to Quickly, who did it on both ends today. And our newest addition, the reincarnation of our man, John Starks, Josh Hart. Left his heart on the floor once again and drops 27 points, four rebounds, and two assists. This man was on fire. From the three-point line all right i thought he could only shoot 30 percent from three but no shoot 66 percent from the three-point line today for a six so gunshots for josh hart the bench scoring outscored the nets bench bench drops 52 points so shout out to the knicks bench and the knicks after giving up 61 points to the nets in the first half holding to 45 in the second half and the Knicks clamp down and smack around Dinwiddie and beat Spencer and the rest of those guys 124 to 106. So shout out to these Knicks and shout out to you guys who are enjoying the show and the Knicks name, all the Knicks fans and Knicks nation. Enjoy this win, man. Enjoy this win. They're not so tough. Without Katie and those boys, all right? They're not so tough. They, the, the Nets, just to quote Jay-Z, they had a spark when they started, but now they're just garbage. They went from the top 10 to not mention at all. Oh, come on, man. The Knicks took care of business. So shout out to us, the Knicks fans, and let's enjoy this win. And also shout out to FUBU TV, all right? If you want to watch the Knicks on MSG for free, go to FUBUTV.com slash KOT and you can watch the Knicks for free for seven days. And you can cancel whenever you want, and you can record, and you can watch other cable, ch cable channels. So shout out to FUBU TV. Also hit that like button and hit that subscribe button early because I already know it's gonna be a great show, okay? Now let me introduce you to my guys. First and foremost, let me introduce you to the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. All right, G's in the building. Glad to see the Knicks finally get a win over the Nets. Nets beat the Knicks nine times in a row. The last victory the Knicks had against the Nets was January 26, 2020. So it's been three years, but it's been a long three years coming. So 
Glad to find that win. Finally, finally. After all, listen, man, we lost nine straight time to these guys. I'm so glad to get a win under our belt. And of course, you already know, Mr. ESPN contributor posting and toasting contributor, Deadspin contributor, SNY contributor, my man, the Latin assassin, Lee Escobedo, back in the building from Mexico. What's going on, Lee? What it do, man? Good to be back with my boys, with the chat, with the Knicks. Uh, yeah, I came back from a vacation. I was covering Material Art Fair in Mexico City, which is a gorgeous city and a killer event. Uh, we were partying down there. My girlfriend and I had a grand old time. Uh, saw my best friend and ran to one and only Chris Bosch. Uh, Chris Bosch, also from South Dallas. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is now living in Miami. He was there at the art fair as well. I got to chop it up with Chris Bosch, a Hall of Famer, a two-time champ, and also a Dallas native. So that was cool and very random. But I'm definitely glad to be back here. Uh, this is a great game to jump back into. Lots to talk about. Oh, I got yeah. lots to say. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to get into it, man. Let's oh, do it. Yeah. Shout out to Chris Bosch, too, man. Very underrated uh, player when he went to Miami. Uh, but uh, that's that's what happens when you're big somewhere else and you come over somewhere else and you play a smaller role. And we can kind of take that theme of yep. a guy who's big somewhere else and then gets minimized to a smaller role. And we can apply that to Knicks Nation when we talk about Josh, Josh, uh, Josh Hart today. But I'm not even going to start with Josh Hart. We're going to slow cook it. We're going to slow walk this dog, okay? We talked about Josh, Josh Hart before. I already know Lee wants to get into that. But I want to start out with um, my my MVP. All right, this is my MVP. I already know Julius Randle made the All Star game. All the props in the world to Julius Randle. My MVP of the team. My favorite player. One of my favorite players on this team. Jalen Brunson. Okay, Jalen Brunson. I never saw this coming from Jalen Brunson. I knew he was going to be, I thought he would be pretty good. I thought there might be times where he struggles because of the spacing to really finish in the paint. Um, and all I can say is he's continuously grown throughout the season. He's had problems scoring over length. Today, they had a 6'7 guy guarding him the whole time that whole nets roster is full of long athletic guys who can bother jalen brunson and there's been times when he's been able to combat that but more times than not those type of players and those types of teams bother him you can look no further than the toronto raptors as evidence of that but today it just seemed like something clicked and he really figured it out after missing the first three shots. I thought we was in trouble. I was like, oh boy, here we go again. Jalen Brunson, he's not gonna be able to figure it out. We he tried to we, we tried to kick it out to our three-point shooter for some help. Grimes wasn't hitting nothing really. RJ wasn't hitting nothing really. Randall was hitting something, but I was like, man, we have to we have to get something else besides this heavy diet of isolation play but jalen brunson is just another level of human being he's just figured it out he started floating the ball he started drawing fouls and he's also taking more pull-up threes as the season goes on he's already 64 percent on catch and shoot threes 
But now when you start to implement the pull up threes, it makes it all that much more dangerous because he's already drawing fouls out of how high clip, but now you have to worry about him pulling up from three and now you can head fake and catch you fouling on that line or you head fake and go and go to the hole and shoot floaters. It just hope opens up a whole nother dimension for Jalen Brunson. And as a guard, you really have to start to hit those threes to be extremely dangerous and He's gotten better throughout the season and starting to do that before our eyes, adjusting to all the different types of defense that's thrown at him. And I'm just looking at this going, man, this is his first year running the team. And this might, and I thought maybe this might be his ceiling, but maybe his ceiling is even a little bit higher than I imagined. Um, I don't know what you guys have to say about that. I'll let go. I'll let Lee go since it's, it's been a while. Uh, Ryan Russillo, podcaster and writer for the Rainer, had one of the worst takes of this NBA season today. When the I think it's during the third quarter, he tweeted out, Brunson is really good, but a big part of his success is how he's officiated. What are you supposed to do here if you're DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith? Run away, and he's, he had a clip of Brunson using his body primarily his left shoulder and arm and footwork to hedge in on Dorian Finney-Smith in the paint and get position and then use a slight step back uh, and then pull back in to draw the foul uh, and the score. And I thought to myself, I, Brunson averages like 5.4 free throws a game. He is not living and dying on the free throw line. Mm -hmm. He's making tough shots in the mid-range because of his footwork and high IQ. He's also shooting at 40% as the best three-point shooter on the team. He's knocking down threes. Both of those are huge increases because of his higher usage rate from last season, his role with Dallas to the New York's to, to equate his strengths and efficiency by how many, how he lives and dies by calls by the refs is an egregious take. That is such that, that proves that these mainline NBA writers and analysts are not actually watching knit games. Yeah. And they're just throwing out hot takes for the sake of hot takes. Is so that, that sentence couldn't be more, less accurate to describe Jalen Brunson's impact on this New York Knicks team. So that, that that's my rant. Brunson is equally in as much of an MVP, all-star, all-NBA. In my eyes, I agree with you, as Julius Randle, who have been very high on this season as well. It's the leadership, the poise that has rubbed off on Randle, that Randle still has his moments where he argues over calls mm -hmm. and gets in the ref's ear and he's lazy getting back on defense. He's still not reined in by Tibbs. But I think Brunson's a very calming force out there because Randle can really just focus on cooking people one-on-one -on -one yep. and taking advantage of mismatches. Brunson now is the one leading the team, even though he, he's off and on with orchestrating a functional offense, a consistent play calling. But I think in terms of making the right reads and scoring and taking advantage of, of opposing defenses, man, we haven't had a, a lead guard like this in a very long time. I'll probably say since Mark Jackson, which yeah. is before my time, but I've seen the tape. Uh, <laughs> enough to say it's, it's been a long, long time. We've had someone as competent. Uh, is Jalen Brunson, and I stand by it, man. Best signs is Allen Houston. Absolutely. I think by, when it's all said and done, I think he'll be better than Allen Houston, too. You read my mind, man. I think he, he, there's a chance that he can start to contend for, like, all-time Knicks scoring titles. Like, I'm not even joking nice. right now. The way that how easily he's starting to string together a lot of 30-point games or 40-point games, I would not be surprised if he looked down the line 
and you're like Jalen Brunson, top five Nick score. Like I can definitely see that. And to your point, Lee, with the foul shot, the foul shooting, the bad foul shooting take. At that point, when he pointed that dumb stat out, the Nets had taken, I think, 19 free throws, and the Knicks have taken seven. Bruh. So I don't know what the hell he was talking about. Spencer Dimwitty had was was Congo line into the line, <laughs> freaking baiting the rest into these dumb ticky tack fouls all first half. And part of the reason why we even got back into the game because the rest weren't giving them those dumb calls anymore. So I don't know what game he was watching, but facts. The the Nets were definitely getting a lot of uh crazy foul calls with Spencer Dinwiddie in the post, but I digress. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ryan G. I know you got a lot to say. Um, I guess whoever that guy is thought he was watching prime James Harden because <laughs> I'm definitely going to line like that. But, um, today Brunson played good. Um, there were definitely stretches where the Knicks offense looked out of whack, especially in the first three quarters. Yeah, I think Jalen Brunson's 17 at the in the third quarter probably saved the Knicks. Yeah, because I, I, because I don't know what was going on for most of that quarter with the Knicks offense. The Knicks offense looked terrible in the third quarter, and and, and defensively, I I want to get into that as well. But we're talking about Jalen Brunson right now, so I think Jalen Brunson's 40 definitely bailed out the Knicks tonight. Definitely bailed them out because there were points in the game where. Nick's offense just, just looked out of whack, and Jalen Brunson saw what was going on. He felt the need, and he took over the game and gave the Knicks and provided the Knicks with well-needed scoring throughout the game to keep up with the Nets until the Knicks were able to blow the game open in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, you uh, so you definitely have to give Jalen Brunson his props tonight. Like He played one hell of a game, 40 points, yeah. five assists, 23 plus minus. The only, the only thing with Jalen Brunson tonight, if you want to, if you even want to critique him, was the free throw shooting, which, you know, he was, <laughs> he, he was bad. He was bad at the free throw line tonight, which, you know, it's not like him, you know, because he's an 84% shooter from the free throw line. But besides that, Jalen Brunson was excellent tonight, and he's showing why he should have been an all-star this season. But, of course, you know, the Knicks being the seventh seed, they're not going to bless the Knicks with two all-stars, unfortunately. It's possible. With Jalen Brown out for a couple of weeks, it's very possible that he becomes his replacement. I think there's still a chance between him and Trey Young. It might be him and Harden. Or Harden. Good point. Yeah, Good point. It might be him and Harden. But Brunson, to me, statistically, uh, has a better shot, I think. Well, maybe that's, I, my, that might just be me being biased. But I hope Jalen Brunson gets in there for sure. Um you know what, Ryan? Go ahead. I know you had something to say about the defense. I'm gonna let you go ahead and, and talk your stuff about the defense. What did you think about the Knicks defense? I know I have my issues, but I also I I like the adjustment that was made. But I'll let you go first. Yeah, definitely fourth quarter Knicks locked down on defense, and that's what's pretty much and that's what pretty much won in the game. Like Knicks made stops when it need when they needed to make stops, which was in the fourth quarter. But the first three quarters of I thought the three-point defense was atrocious, honestly. Yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot of late runouts to the three-point line, but that was mainly attributed to the Nets guards constantly getting into the paint. And then yeah. once they get and pass the ball around, Knicks defense is compromised. And then that's where you see that's where you see where Mitch is missed. Because if Mitch is in there, 
the Nets can't penetrate into the paint that easily. And the Nets were just taking advantage of that. Spencer Dinwiddie took advantage of that all night, getting into the paint and passing the ball around the perimeter, getting wide open threes for, for you know, the Nets players. And the defense was atrocious. But in the fourth quarter, I think what, what helped was Hart being in the game along with IQ and those guys defensively had to sit RJ on the bench because RJ again was in a, was ineffective on defense. There was even one play on defense where I think Cam Johnson was running off of screens and RJ was like a mile behind him while Cam Johnson was just driving to the basket. And I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like how are you that far off your man running off screens? But defensively, they definitely made an adjustment in the fourth quarter. They definitely played with more energy. You know, Josh Hart being out there, like I said, with IQ and those guys, you know, they got out to the three-point shooters. They locked, they locked them down and eventually, you know, ran off for the game in the fourth quarter. But, like, for the most game, like, first half, even some of the third quarter, the penetration, they couldn't stop the penetration from the Nets, compromise the defense consistently over and over again, which led to open threes for the Nets, and they basically killed it from the three-point line until the fourth quarter came. Yeah. I would say, listen, Spencer and Dinwiddie really killed us from the from the point of attack. Um, I think uh, I'll salute Tom Thibodeau because I, in the second half, Tom Thibodeau kind of switched his scheme up um, and he started to to uh, do a little bit of switching and trapping Spencer off of those screens, those same screens that was getting Spencer to the rim in that first half uh, and getting a running start. He had to kind of stop and make other people beat us in that third quarter. And for a while, people were starting to beat us. But, you know, those guys aren't really high quality, high um, playmaking type of guys. So once we was able to get the ball out of Spencer's hands for uh, longer stretches of time, we were able to kind of combat that with Jalen Brunson and and then they eventually fell apart because the ball was just was out of Spencer's hand for a long period of time. So shout out to Tom Thibodeau for making an adjustment in that second half. And also shout out to the soul, the pit bull, the reincarnation of John Starks, Josh Hart. We liked watching Deuce and IQ and Grimes run that three-man defensive wing. Hart has done the same and some. He's been on steroids defensively. He's been everywhere defensively. We talk about, Tom Thibodeau talks about first and second efforts. This man gives you first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth effort. This man is nonstop energizer bunny. His motor is insane. And it's crazy because people don't think, people don't, Trying hard is actually an elite skill in the NBA. You have to have the stamina, the wherewithal to do it. You have to have the processing speed and defensive IQ to uh, guard a position, then get in position to get a rebound, and then start a fast break. Hart has it all. And there was a point in the game where the Knicks had three turnovers in a row. And Hart... They was on their way. The Nets were on their way to scoring on a fast break. Hart leaks out and tips the ball away from Dinwiddie on a fast break attempt. Gets the ball back and the Knicks get the ball back and score and stops the bleeding. That's Those are those winning plays that we really need from Hart. 
Those are the reasons why he had the leading on off stats when he's on the Portland Trailblazers. And I'm so happy that when we traded away Cam and the protected first, that this is the player that we got because he just fits perfectly for our team. Go ahead, uh, Lee. I'm going to start on the previous question on defense, which will bleed into my commentary on Hart. Uh, I think JLS, you made a fantastic point about the adjustments that Thibodeau made, uh, moving more into a switch a defensive scheme, which I think slowed down Spencer Dinwiddie. And the main component of that was replacing RJ Barrett with Josh Hart, who has the foot speed and the IQ to get under and around strings to stay on Dinwiddie. Or if he's on the switch, guard whoever it is, Cam Thomas, Royce O'Neal, it doesn't matter because he's going to lock him down. Yeah, And I think the, the other guys that are like him and that art type on other teams, like a Jerry Dudley, the type of guy that is very popular in like the, the mid-2000s, Hart is that plus athleticism, plus skill, yeah. plus at times three-level scoring. Like he has the grit and the capabilities of those great hard-nosed 3 and D players, except he's like – actual NBA body player. Like he has the athleticism and the length and the footwork to store 27 points at will when he's playing against against certain teams. I love the pickup. I wasn't here uh, during the last two games to talk about his addition to the team. Uh, I would have made that trade 10 times over. I would have included another pick, uh, protected pick. I would have lowered the the protections to 10. There's a lot of things I would have done to get Josh Hart and his team because he was one of the three guys we talked about constantly for the last two months on who we wanted on this team. So if that's a target, you do what you can do to get him. It wasn't a surprise. It wasn't Cam Reddish last year. It wasn't super predictable like Derek Rose the year before. This is a guy that the fans actually pinpointed, not just us, other podcasters. Twitter was like zeroing in on Josh Hart because he fits everything. Tertiary ball handling, on-ball defense, a big wing who can guard the two, three, and a little bit of small ball fours, someone who can run the break, someone who's athletic. We got all of those intangibles in one player and gave up such a value return. Here's a hot take. After, After Kevin Durant, considering all intangibles and all factors in, Hart was the second best pickup of a trade deadline. Better than Kyrie Irving in Dallas. Better than any of the guys that the Clippers got. Because I think all the, the, the bad news, all the drama, all the, the baggage that comes with some of those other guys, the question marks, doesn't come with heart. You know exactly what he's going to give you. He fits Tibbs' player profile perfectly. Continuity with Brunson. The way that he's playing with IQ off the bench. What more could you possibly ask for? He's insurance for R.J. Barrett should the Knicks move on and want to include him in the package later on. There's so many boxes he checks. He's at the perfect Knits addition. I already am in love with this guy and the way that he plays. I, I can't really see any Knit fan wanting, not liking him or wanting him off the team, except for some personal narrative. And there was a lot of bad, bad takes when we got him on Twitter. Oh the very the, the, the very little um, Wi-Fi I had in Mexico City, I was seeing some of these Knits influencers and content creators say some of the dumbest stuff about the pick that we gave up for Josh Hart. I'm like, do you understand like the accumulation of talent and what it takes to get guys of his caliber and potential and fit? It takes assets, and he's yeah. worth the assets we gave up. And thank God Leon Rhodes was smart enough to toss a protection. This wasn't Steve Mills' one free pick, yeah. whether it's lottery or yeah. not. This wasn't Grimes. It was Cam in a protected pick. That's a hell of a deal. Second best acquisition of the deadline. I stand by it. That's what I say. 
<laughs> Yo, Lee, I gotta watch Lee, man. Every time I think, you know, Lee can't surprise you with something, Lee comes out with like a haymaker. <laughs> it's like the second best. <laughs> The the second, what do you say? The second best trade made at the yeah. trade deadline. Yes, yes. Yeah. Besides so, KD, so besides yeah, KD, KD so I'm assuming you're like Kyrie. Uh, I guess you're thinking that Kyrie is going to leave leave Dallas, and that's the only reason why you're saying that. Dallas had, well, if they clear the books, Dallas will have $53 million in available cap space this summer. Kyrie said he's not signed for less than 50 at four years per. At least three million dollars in additional assets. He's not re-signing Dallas. I don't think that's where he wants to be long term. And if he does, the bar is minimum. You still have to worry about his whether he's going to commit to the team, whether he's going to commit season to season, game to game. You have no idea. He's too much of a wild card. I defended his character on this show, but I don't defend him as a teammate. He's an awful teammate. He's a good person, but I, I just I don't think he's he is going to stay on that team long term. He's a rental. So yeah, heart's better. Oof. Yo, I don't even want to spend time. I, you throw my whole mind off of debating this whole other topic away from the post game show. I know if you have anything else to say, uh, Ryan G. I mean, the one thing I will agree with Lee with was because I talked about it on the other podcast, you know, about those Knicks influencers and people on Twitter or Knicks Twitter talking about how the Knicks gave up too much for hard, and I was basically breaking it down. The, the picks and you know the pick that the Knicks gave up the protection on the pick and the different scenarios etc just in case I'm not really going to go through that whole thing again but <laughs> yeah Josh Hart was definitely um yeah he was excellent tonight like there's no other way to describe it and I and I like the fact that the Knicks brought him in for bench help because if you look at the minutes distribution as well I do think Thibs is doing a good job of distributing the minutes. And I think that with Hart being there, it's, a, it's giving guys a chance, you know, to rest a little bit more than normal. Because if you look at the minutes tonight, even though the Knicks are blowing out the Nets in the fourth quarter and Thibs actually decided to bring in players off the bench for once to close out the game, because you know how Thibs is, even if the Knicks are blowing out another team, Thibs will keep the starters out there, you know, and have them play extra minutes. But even tonight, like, Randall only 32 minutes. Like, it, it, like if I have to choose like a range for Randall to play, like 32 minutes, I think is a reasonable range. Just worth in 35 minutes again, a reasonable range. And then the bench, then the bench plays hard and quickly, 27 minutes each. Hard and seen 23 minutes, 23 minutes. Even Topic got 15 minutes, even though his minute, some of those minutes did come in garbage time. But I have to definitely big up dips for the minutes distribution and. Lee pretty much said everything about Hart today. I really can't add more to what Lee said, but I will throw this out here. Watching Hart play, it makes me even more eager for Mitch to come back. Yes, because, I want to see, Preach. because I want to see what happens when Mitch is on the court. Absolutely. Manning the paint with Josh Hart out there and either IQ or Grimes out there with them. I think that's going to be one hell of a defensive unit, and the Knicks are going to be crazy on defense. Let's go. Listen, right now, Knicks are have dropped like a stone, 27th in the league in defensive rating. We were top 10 before Mitch went down. Um, but still, we're still managing to kind of eke out some wins 
even with that defensive rating. So when Mitch comes back, it's up and it's stuck for a lot of these teams on the defensive end. I feel like our three-point defense will get better. Uh, rebounding will definitely get better. Listen, last couple of games, offensive rebounding has been a problem. Um, today, they got 10 offensive rebounds, these Nets. Then, and the Nets aren't known for offensive rebounds either. They got 10 today to, I think, our six. So there's definitely some even more room for growth for this team once Mitch comes back. Um, and shoot, there's more room to go for the team if certain some of these players kind of snap out of this funk because there have been a few players who've been in the funk. Um, well, we have to watch. We definitely have to watch that. Also, I also want to say Nick's Twitter. I mean, I, I listen, I like interacting on Nick's Twitter, but Nick's Twitter this year has had like the most worst takes this year out of any year I've ever been on Twitter. I'm not even joking. Like from Hartenstein is better than Mitch and Mitch Hartenstein and Sims are better than Mitch and we should ship out Mitch for nothing. Trade IQ after the first week. Um, <laughs> the 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 Cam Hive going crazy, thinking he's the second coming of Michael Jordan. Then IQ had a great week. IQ was better than Brunson. Uh, that was another one that was interesting. <laughs> then the Brunson slander. There was a host of ridiculous Twitter takes this season that I'm just like. I'm, I just pulled my, this is like an all time worst for Nick's Twitter. I'm not even going to hold you. This year was all time worst. It's like L's all everywhere. But, um, I'm, <laughs> this is why even the loud, the loud momentum is guys who, who, who rally up the troops just because a crowd is saying the same thing doesn't make it true. And I keep saying that. And that's why. I continue to be like, I don't care if everybody hates me for saying it because time's going to tell what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> and time is starting to tell like a lot of those takes were trash. Yep. Like 95% <laughs> of them. <laughs> That's why I leave Jay Ellis to communicate with Nick's Twitter because if it was me, there would be a whole bunch of fireworks because I would be cursing out probably half of Nick's Twitter because they're so stupid, honestly. Yeah, but uh, uh, but it is what it is. Salute to the chat. Let me shout out the chat. We're going to talk more about Hart. We're going to talk more about the rest of the team. But salute to... Oh, no callers right now? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, JJ. I know we took too long and you wanted to call, but we, we got it going. If you want to call in, you can call back. Uh, but whoever else wants to call in, all you got to do is dial that number 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. All right. Now let's get a salute to the chat. Shout out to Glam and Knicks. Shout out to Picks for Timmy. Shout out to Supreme One. Shout out to Gamer Channel. Shout out to Paul Butler. Shout out to Stanley Mann. Shout out to Alwyn Lewis. Everybody who's rocking with the KLT show, man child. If you love the show, hit the like button and subscribe button. We're here after every game talking Knicks basketball. Uh, and uh, you know what? Let's get to these super chats. Shout out to my man, Echelon, who gives a $2 super chat. It says, Lee putting the Twitter bots on the stretcher. Yeah, man. RIP to the Twitter bots. RIP to the Twitter bots. RIP to the Twitter bots. Uh, shout out to BKNY who sends a $5 super chat who says, 
if you got a BK Nets fan co-worker at your job tomorrow, this is your time. Be petty. Make no apologies. Oh, you want my energy. You want my energy, PKNY. You on my energy. I can't wait to go to work tomorrow. I haven't seen my co-workers since the trade happened and since the next the Knicks Nets game happened. Oh man, the gent that gentrified Brooklyn team is done for. <laughs> I'm hoping man, after this, I'm hoping they run with their tail between their legs and they move to Connecticut and we turn the Barclays Center into something else that's more useful. Y'all kicked out all those listen, I'm I'm I live in the Brooklyn, right? They cooked out, they kicked out a lot of people to build the Barclays Center, all right? So that's definitely a gentrified Brooklyn team, <laughs> okay? They made a lot of people move and gave them $100 or however much they gave them to move yes. build that Barclays Center. Hope we change that to something more productive, all right? <laughs> Skatering or something, I don't know. A skate, a skate park. <laughs> we haven't had a skate park in Brooklyn in a while. <laughs> oh, man. But, yo, I want to talk about something else. Josh Hart, right? Interestingly enough, I talked about Josh, Josh, Josh Hart's usage. Josh Hart used to average 19 points per game on Portland. So this year he averaged nine points a game, but I kind of mentioned, uh, I, I posted a video. It was like a solo video. I posted a video and I talked about how with Anthony Simons there and with, uh, Jamie Grant there. His role has diminished. He's not really getting the same opportunities he had before, which probably kind of contributes to why he's only giving you nine points per game. Um, so um, this could be a blessing in disguise. That could be a blessing in disguise because, you know, this is a what have you done for me lately league. If you're not scoring 20 points a game the, the season before, your price drops. <laughs> so we might potentially really have a 20 point per game score on our book uh, at a discount price because we got him at the right time. It's possible. It's definitely possible. Um, now I did not see this output from three happening today. He's been shooting 30, 30% from three on the season today. He shot 67% from three. I don't expect him to keep that up, but <laughs> I don't know. It's this could be one of those things where he's feeling good. The Garden fans love him. He loves the Garden fans. This could be one of those things where when he's at the Garden, he has that batter in his back, and you feel the crowd. You might be hyped up and hit more shots, and his scoring average can go up in MSG at the in the Garden. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? What do you buy? What do you what do you think is the real Josh Hart, and what do you think is sustainable, and what isn't? I don't know. You want to go firstly or? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll hop in. That 19.9 points per game you referenced, Jay Ellis, was only in a 13-game sample size when he was traded from New Orleans to Portland in the C.J. McCollum deal. I think that's too few games to really say that Good that's point. Who, he, who he is or who he could be. Uh, I think he's probably more like the 13.4 uh, that he played with the Pelicans before the trade, where he was – not necessarily in a starting role, but kind of a sets man role. He's eaten up a lot of the man to the two and the three um, when when Zion was out and he's done a lot more touches. I think it's more likely he's going to be 13, 14. But the thing with Tibbs is, and unlike other teams, one of his plus, pluses and minuses is it's not really about roles. Like Brunson and, and Randall are in the pecking order, but mm -hmm. that three through 12 at any time can rotate and shift. 
in terms of who's getting a high usage, who's getting opportunities to score, who's getting plays ran for him. And Hart could etch himself in, into that as a third or fourth option on this team, um, even above RJ and Grimes. In my opinion, I think he should start. It's time to move RJ Barry to the bench. One of the takes I hate the most. And George from Into the Nitverse had a great, great monologue on this on his show. Is Nick Twitter's disgusting response to players that are under the age of 25, kids, to yeah. young kids, that have, are trying to, to, to strengthen their mental makeup and bounce back from bad games and bad shooting stretches. And we would call them bums and want to ship them out of town and trade them at the first, no- at the first notice. Joyce Randall. When I said trade Randall, and I called him a bum in multiple publications, dude had been in the NBA for like seven, eight years already. Yeah. He, he was on his third team. We already knew kind of what he was, and and is the effort that we call bum, not the skill set, not the not the not the the, the his ability to be an all star or all NBA. It was the effort, mentality, and defense. That's what you, you call bum, not who a player is or what they're capable of doing yeah. or their age. And RJ Barrett's only twenty two years old. He deserves a lot more patience. He also deserves more discipline from the head coach. And I was very happy that Tom Thibodeau benched him today after another office shooting performance in place of Josh Hart. I thought that was a really great move. And I'll tell you what, man, the last three or four weeks, I'm getting higher on Tom Thibodeau than I've ever been in his tenure as a coach with the New York Knicks. I'm still think that he should be fired and replaced of a better coach, not Dice Yashimoto or Johnny Bryant, but someone who has established a better playoff record. I advocate for that. But it's not happening this year, and he's going to play out his contract. So I'm starting to try to fixate on the positive things he brings to his team as a head coach. And one of them is I think he's he's pretty uh, democratic in terms of minutes and usage outside of Randall. And you can see that in Josh Hart taking over RJ's role in game two. That's an impressive move, and I think the right move to this guy's giving you all the intangibles you possibly can ask for in a third or fourth option. And, man, I want to keep seeing it going. I want him and Grimes in the starting lineup. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I understand what Lee is saying. And, you know, I've been seeing the cries for Hart to start. I'm not 100% there yet because I'm more concerned with, is to me, it's kind of like the thing with, you know, people saying that IQ should start, Hart should start. Me, personally, I'm not really concerned with who starts. I'm more concerned with who finishes games. Yeah. I'm okay with Hart coming off the bench and finishing a game and playing 27, 28 minutes a game. Like, I'm cool with that. You know, so to me, I'm not really fixated on, like, who should start and who should be benched, per se. But uh, with Hart, um, yeah, so, yeah, like, I'm more concerned with, like, who should be starting, who should be, like, you know, bench, you know. um, Ryan, let me ask you this, Ryan, because I think that's a fair point in terms of what's more important, starting or finishing. But don't you think that Hart adds a different dimension next to Brunson, covering Brunson and his, defen- his the defensive inefficiencies as that other perimeter player, opposed to RJ, who's been very bad on the perimeter on defense? I think Hart helps hide Brunson better because they, they, they seek him out on those switches. They're hunting for him. And when you have a guy like Hart who did under the screens, he provides better protection and more liability on the defensive side. That's why I advocate for starting. I agree too. Finishing is more important, but I think starting is equally important. Yeah, I think I, I think what I would say like because I was trying to like formulate my thoughts for a second. I, I kind of lost my train of thought for a second, but my thing is this: like 
every champ every championship team, not saying that the Knicks are a championship team, because they're not there yet. But every championship team has starting caliber players on their bench that can produce at a high level. Do I think Hart is gonna produce 27 points per game or anything like that? No. Like this game is definitely an outlier compared to what you're gonna get from Josh Hart on most nights. But the thing with Josh Hart is that he is a capable starter, and I think that's the and I think that's the starting piece for the Knicks to actually build a championship roster in the future once a superstar comes in, you know, whether it's through trade, free agency, whatever the case may be. Because you need guys like Hart on the bench mm. that you know you can put them into games and they're going to make a huge impact on, on the games. And because I like the fact that Knicks have right now, they have pretty much two players off the bench, IQ and Hart, that they can bring in, and you know immediately when those guys come into the game impact players because even tonight against the Nets when the when the starting unit was in there the game was close and pretty much in the I think it was in the second quarter and you could pretty much say in the fourth quarter as well once IQ Hart got into the game that's when the Knicks actually increased the lead on the Nets yep the Nets started to come back against the, the Nets more played better against the starting unit as opposed to the bench guys so when I when I look at that I'm like I would rather it stay that way Mm-hmm. Andre is struggling right now, and he doesn't need to find any. And he doesn't need to find his rhythm. Yeah, you would want RJ to play with that second unit because, because you know he would be the main guy in terms of scoring with that second unit. But at the same time, it's like, do I really want to put RJ on the bench when I went hard and IQ has such a huge impact coming off that bench? You know, so it's, so to me, that's why I'm like, I'm not really too concerned about who starts or who finishes. I mean, who starts? I'm more concerned about who finishes games. And yes, when RJ is struggling, like tonight, where defensively he's bad, offensively he's bad, and he's pretty much a negative on the court. Yeah, that's when you bring in Hart and those guys off the bench to finish out games, and then you sit RJ. So, I mean, I'm cool with the rotation the way it is at the moment. You convinced me. I That's a great argument. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well and- said. I was going to second that, Ryan, before you, you kind of broken down. Like I can actually I can see the argument for both because let's let's, let's be real. Grimes and RJ are struggling right now. It's not even just RJ. Grimes and R- and but you know J- RJ more on both ends. Grimes just on the offensive end. Grimes has been shooting um, what his last twenty games. He's been shooting I think thirty two percent from the field. Last 20 games, 32% from three, 44% from the field last 20 games. RJ Barrett, he's been having slow first halves for like a week. And it, just, it seems like it's going down here with the defense. But I, I kind of like, I, you know, I just like the idea of the the speed in which the bench is playing with right now. I like, I like how when the bench comes in, it just punches you in the mouth. And I kind of also liked how... It didn't show this game, but the last game, I felt like Hart was kind of finding Obi some the game mm-hmm. before. Uh, I don't think I'm not sure if you saw that game, Lee, because you might have still have been traveling. And yeah, I didn't see it. I'm I'm still hoping, even though it didn't really transpire today, and I, and it was kind of disappointing that Obi didn't get really get involved in this. Really, I'm hoping that you know Hart being. Uh, a defensive anchor with that second unit is going to have these guys in transition even more. OB will have more opportunities to run and him and IQ can kind of cause havoc. And like Ryan G said, if a quick, quick hook has to happen, then it happened. Then you can go I heart and Grimes to finish the game 
or iHeart and IQ or whatever whatever combination you want. Today, I think we had iHeart and we had IQ hitting clutch baskets to finish the game, and it worked out for us. So I, I don't mind that. I don't mind those type of options at this point. Um, it'll be interesting to see, though, what happens once playoff time hits because these type of substitution patterns for guys who follow Tom Thibodeau for as long as we've have are usually telling, you know, um, we've seen this a lot where you get to see who he favors by who he finishes more with. Um, we, we used to see, uh, Evan Fournier start games and then end up on the bench. We starting to actually to see happen with Grimes a lot lately. Grimes hasn't finished the last two games. Um, and RJ today hasn't finished as well, but I'm not sure if RJ didn't get into foul trouble, if he would have finished the game or not today, you know, I can see RJ still finishing the game if he didn't get five fouls. So, um, it'd be interesting hmm. to see if from my eyes, it looks like Hart might start possibly in place of Grimes, if anything. And usually I would say, by the way, Tom Thibodeau does things. I would usually say that might happen more next season and not this season. Cause I feel like he still wants to manage like emotions and play, you know, cause it's not 2k. If you, when you bench some guys, it's not just like 2k, like it has a, a wrinkle effect. People get pissed da, 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 and it can cause problems. So he might not do it this season. But if he made the playoffs and something weirds happen, I can see him benching Grimes or, or or something during the playoffs. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I mean, it's, it's quite possible. You know, like, I do agree with you. Like, I don't think Fibs is going to make the decision right now in the middle of the season to really bench Grimes or bench RJ and put Hart in there. I think Fibs is pretty content with, you know, having the starting lineup be the way it is and then just bring Hart off the bench as a high-impact player. But I can definitely see a situation where, you know, say the Knicks are in a playoff series and say, like, the Knicks are down in a series mm-hmm. where, where Thibs would make that adjustment and be like, you know what, let me start hard and bench either Grimes or bench RJ and see how that goes. So I could definitely see that happening. But I think for the regular season, I think Thibs is going to basically stick to status quo. Yeah. He did it with Alfred yeah, Payton. Yeah. Alfred yes. Payton was starting all season. We all said he sucked. And then all of a sudden, Derrick Rose was starting versus the Hawks. So. Ryan's, Ryan's convinced me with a pretty solid case of what Hart brings off the bench, and we, we've let Storin off the bench all season. I mean, r- really, like since the start of a season, even with our new additions. Um, so I like the idea of Hart being kind of a microwave. Even if IQ isn't cooking or he's not having an efficient night, I think you can depend more on Hart to be a little bit more efficient shooting-wise, even at the point range between 10 or 12 points. He's going to do it on efficient shooting. So I like the idea of having him off the bench and – if he starts over Grimes or RJ, I probably at this point after this discussion prefer RJ to stay in the starting lineup. I have my frustrations. I think we all do. Like we're all RJ fans. The fan base itself never had the same animosity toward RJ as it did Randall because RJ was was uh, drafted by us as a third pick. He's our highest pick since uh, I think Patrick Ewing. Like that's been a really long time that we've had someone in the high lottery, and we we really want the guy to do well. 
I still think a lot of grace and patience needs to be given to him. I, yeah. I hate the Tate to trade him, dump him, wave him, fire him. I, those Tates for someone who's 22 years old and has minimal experience in the NBA, his position, like that's too hasty yeah. in my opinion. It, it should be restrained while also hoping and praying that Tibbs continues to discipline him and bench him when he's not playing well. And he's been doing that. I, Tibbs gets all the flowers for the way that he's managed RJ's minutes and his place in the rotation and usage rate when he's not playing well. I think Tibbs is the right coach for RJ in this scenario. When he's cooking, he'll finish games. When he's not, put him on the bench. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Like uh, You criticize RJ here on this program. You already know that. Um, I, I, my, my stance on RJ is still the same. My stance on RJ, it, it's been a rough a week or so with RJ. I'm still not out on him. I still want him to do well. He's still young. He can still turn it around. He has a lot of work to do. He's shown a lot of flashes. I, I've liked his touch around the rim this season more than anything. He's money from one side of the three-point line in that corner. Uh, today was awful. He, he definitely needs to step up the defense. The playmaking has to step up. And he he just needs to do better. That's it. But I, I'm I'm still rooting for the kid. Now yeah. I'm not saying trade RJ at any cost or anything like that. Like like most like most people here for the right move, I would move pretty much anybody here. But it has to be the right move. Like I I see some of these moves like oh trade him for like a first round pick. Like no, I'm not. <laughs> like I'm not doing those type of things. Because to yeah. me, like this is still a team that's on the build. Uh, this is a foundation that we're building right now. And when you're building foundation, you you need reps, you need consistency, you need uh you need bricks that know their role. So we already know the the, the Brunson brick, you're gonna be the closer, you're gonna be the engine, the Randall brick, you're gonna be a punisher, the the, the grinds brick, you're gonna be the three-point shooter. We need guys who are familiar with the system and can grow from year to year at RJ for right now for now is part of that and i'm sticking with him unless some deal comes that makes sense but I, i'm not out on him and i quit on him i'm not anything on that you know I'm and, still and, and keep in mind as awful as he's been in first halves as awful as he's been on defense as awful as he's been decision making he's been clutch the last couple of games he's came through in big moments in the last couple of minutes of the fourth quarter. I love that first game by Hart. I caught the highlights of Hart's like tenacity on offensive rebound and finding not Randall for ISO shit or Brunson, but RJ wide open in the corner yep. in his spot and RJ hit the button. So it's still give a kid credit. He has a strong mental fortitude and he lives for that crunch time moments and he doesn't always thrive, but he tries his best to come through. He tries really hard. And I, I, I like that about the piano. I think he has a lot of growth and potential, just not what we, we might think of what that is as a third pick in the draft. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and I just want to, like, jump in right quick, and I have to big up dibs on one thing, because remember, I think pretty much last season, you could pretty much look at last season, remember how in the fourth quarters where it doesn't matter who on the bench is playing well, dibs just put in that starting lineup right back in there, no matter what? like six, five minutes, you know, left in the game, he would put that starting lineup in no matter what. Yep. You can see this season where Fibs is actually being, he's actually showing some flexibility this season yep. because game by game, he's not putting every starter back out there to shut the game down. He's actually going with who he thinks has a hot hand at the moment. And 
he's not just stuck on paying his starters down the, down the stretch. And I think it's a big positive that now you have four guys where you can rotate them for two spots in the fourth quarter, depending on how, mm-hmm. on how hot they are. You have mm-hmm. Jake Grimes, IQ, and Hart, where it's like you, you could just go with the hot hand. And I think Phipps needs credit for that because even though we talk about Phipps' stubbornness and things of that nature, he has shown the ability to be flexible this season. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Tibbs has been more flexible this season than he has any other season with us. And there's still room to grow. That's for sure. (laughs) I still have my gripes. The offense is still weird. I still hate how we go ISO. And then when we can't find anything, we just throw it to the top of the key. Um, But Tibbs has made, uh, listen, he benched Derrick Rose. He benched benched, uh, Evan Fournier at the top of the season. He started quitting Grimes. He, he, he's, He's done a lot of things that are out of his comfort zone. Still has more ways to go. Still hope he uh, hires an offensive coordinator, but he's definitely made some changes and um, I give him credit. But uh, yeah, yep. he still he, he still he has some growing to do still, but he's he's grown some this year. But, and he's been great developing. I mean, Emmanuel quickly has grown as a person and a player tremendously under tips. I, I give Tibbs all the credit for that. I mean, obviously, IQ's a drill man. He deserves some of that of his personal accountability, and that's a positive. But Tibbs is a mentor and coach. I think maybe more than any other player, IQ has really benefited from Tibbs as his leader. Absolutely. IQ today even. I think he had, what, 12 points in the fourth quarter from Emmanuel quickly. Um, really manned that unit when, when um, he really manned that unit when they started to come back. Josh Hart stopped the bleeding. Emmanuel quickly was really close. Cause like you said, man, we've been struggling hitting three point shots. If it wasn't our, like it's, it's been Emmanuel quickly and Josh Hart, the guys off the bench, who's really been bailing us out from the three point line. Um, uh, and not just depending on Brunson. So shout out to man quickly had another nice game today. And I saw some ridiculous stat that said um, he had the what the highest defensive Raptor rating in the entire NBA or something like that, going off the top of my head. But his defense has been phenomenal all year. Underrated defender has gotten better from last year to this year. And I've said it. I've said it. Year one, I see leadership qualities in Emmanuel quickly. And people might have looked at me weird when I said that because I saw how he was managing himself and the team in summer league. But I see leadership qualities in Emmanuel quickly. I see it in Miles McBride as well. Um, And I really think like if he stays with the team longer term, he's going to be one of the important voices in the locker room and for this team. He's there's already been pieces written on how he directs the team defense. Shout out to Fred Katz, who wrote a whole piece about that. And I, I've talked about that in this program. Watch how quickly points to other guys on the floor say, go here, go here, and anticipate yeah. where guys are and gets Obi in the right spots for rotation. And so so I so he's already done that. And I think his his role with this team, if he stays long term, is gonna grow even bigger. So shout out to Quick. And development. Hey, Ellis, Tom got a super chat. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. Let's now let's get to the super chat. <laughs> I be trying not to like to mess up the flow of conversation when I see the food. <laughs> but, but I see everybody going, "Whoa, super chat!" Whoa. 
<laughs> yeah, I definitely had some of that. I had definitely had something to add about quickly, but we could do a super chat. <laughs> <laughs> but first, okay, hold on. First, shout out to my my girl uh, K Steel in the in the in the chat. K Steel, she was at the game today. So, but K Steel, man, when you want to come back on the show, you already know. Hit me up, you, please do. You, you get the fast track to come on. You just you gotta hit me up. All right, but <laughs> but I like to see you in, in the chat, K Steel. Um, twenty dollar super chat from Papa Lee. All right, Lee's pops says, "Let's go, Knicks. Beat down the Nets." Kept it simple. Kept it simple. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, uh, Ryan G. No, I think one of the most underrated improvements in IQ, and I think a lot of people don't really point it out. Like everybody points out his defense, and his defense has definitely made a major improvement this season. But if you look at IQ shot selection, especially from his first year till now, oh yeah. His shot, his shot selection has definitely improved, and I feel like that's the reason why his three-pointers are falling more nowadays because he's actually taking better threes as opposed to just throwing it up. So I, I have to give IQ credit there as well. The shot selection still needs work at times, but he's definitely become a much better shot selection type of player. Like, he definitely takes better shots as opposed to his first year in the league. Yeah, his shot selection has grown leaps and bounds. He actually gave OB... Uh, a lob today and I already know Obi was shaking and he's like man do you have some of those lobs I haven't had a lob in like three weeks four days five hours 32 minutes and it's just like man <laughs> so he finally got a lot today but like I, I agree with you his playmaking is has and his shot creation his sh shot selection has grown tremendously and uh, I appreciate him for it I appreciate him for it um guys anything in the chat that you want to point out i haven't really been looking in the chat but if there's any comments in the chat or if you want to call in too, 319-527-6241 that's 319-527-6241 if you want to call in talk nick's basketball with us go ahead and do that all right I'll say this. You got Stanley in the chat saying that, wow, $20 super chat. <laughs> <to make sense. laughs> yo, yo, Stanley is always crazy. <laughs> heart to heart, our heart passing through the slashing heart. Oh, yeah. I know everybody was waiting for the heart to heart pun to use once that happened. Everybody was. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, love it. Nick's PG needs to reward the bigs when they send Ooh. screens that roll to the rim more. Absolutely. That's staying. still one big thing that I feel like we're lacking. Yep. All of us have been saying that all season. Facts. Yeah. Especially, especially Brunson. More than anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that used to be RJ's strengths. Um, lobbing it to Mitch. Uh, shoot, even IQ to Obi. That was a staple for a long time, and he hasn't really done that in a while. I don't know, maybe he's gun shy because teams have been scouting it um, or what, but uh, we need to find those guys on lobs a lot more often, for sure. Yeah. All right. Any more? Any more? If that's it, we can we can wrap the show. Unless you guys have some other things you actually want to discuss. Uh, Final thoughts. <laughs> 
was finally good to beat the Nets. I'll say that much. Yeah. Oh, it's Moving definitely good to beat the Nets, man. Brooklyn paint jobs are dead. Had a spark when he started, but now they're just garbage. I I, I can't. I, I'm 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 just happy that that regime is over. Yeah, me too. It's good riddance. Good riddance. Now I can torture my my. Uh, <laughs> I can torture the guy at my job who's a Nets fan tomorrow. I'm waking up early tomorrow morning just torture him. It'll be fun. I got a bra pick. Oh, go ahead. My my bro pick is everyone involved in the Cam Reddish d- discourse. Like all the, the Cam supporters and the Cam haters, like there just can't be any nuanced in the middle opinion of how that situation like went about. Bruh. You know, he he didn't have a great motor, but he is extremely skilled. He's not the second coming to Michael Jordan, like like you joked early in the show. <laughs> He's a good player who I think in the right system with the right coach and right supporting cast. Can probably thrive as a 14 point per game player with a 40 percent uh stroke from three-point land but he's not to me a bona fide starter we had a lot of questions among the three of us on this panel in the beginning of the season on who should start and it was really close between cam and grimes but all of us agreed cam's motor and consistency on defense and shot selection is why we think he should be on the bench or why we're worried about him as a starter and all those things came true was it also a mismanagement of assets hundred percent. Leon Rose should not have went out and got a guy that doesn't fit Tibbs player profile. That was a mistake. That's on Leon Rose yeah. and Worldwide West or whoever or <laughs> Gerson Roses or whoever was behind that negotiation, if you're watching. Um and as well, Tibbs not utilizing him to his full potential, giving him inconsistent minutes, inconsistent role, and then benching him uh, to me a really blatant sign of disrespect, the way he handled him um as a player and a person on the team. I did Tibbs. Uh, accountability for that. And then Cam not bringing it every game, not being committed to defense every time that he played, not taking full advantage of his minutes. That's on Cam as a grown man. Like, it can be a nuanced, complicated situation. It's not black or white. Yeah. I hate how Nick's Twitter just wants to have a villain. And it's like Cam is a villain in that sense, or Tibbs is a villain in that sense, when really they're both accountable and they should both be held responsible, as well as Leon Rose in that situation. I wish him all the best. I hope he gets 30 minutes with the Blazers. I'd much rather have heart and I'm much happier with heart. Glad he's here. Absolutely. You 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 yeah. was with us in spirits last show because that was exactly the topic last time. <laughs> mm. That was exactly yeah. the topic last time. I made a comment on Twitter about Josh Hart. Like, if you don't like Josh Hart now, are you not a fan of Josh Hart after the way he's playing now? You might as well not be a fan on this team. You might as well just not be a fan. <laughs> and then Ryan G goes on the show and says, Portland need, might need some more fans. You can go join Portland. And yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I like the way how Lee so eloquently broke it down between the whole Cam and Thib situation where, you know, I just pretty much was like straight to the point and I was like, you know, at Cam Hive, it's about time you need to hop off that man's job. Yeah. I, pretty much, I pretty much said it like that, but I'm glad Lee is here because he said it. <laughs> <laughs> when I would go straight to the point and be like, you know what? It's about time y'all hop off. Exactly. Listen, we, we said broke, it differently, yeah, but Lee the broke same down sentiment. The we broke down the signs. <laughs> it's, it's the same sentiment, man. He, he was like, the yeah, same, you, know, you know, the plus the plus minus and the motor. And, and Ryan just hop off his job, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
<laughs> oh man yo shout out to mikey who wrote like a hell of an article mike mm-hmm. says you want go to nigatimeshow.com got a blog says unlike cam reddish josh hart plays with a different level of urgency for the new york knicks and i was like yo mikey went for it mike if you don't know mikey is usually very positive <laughs> and like finds the, the good so this was very interesting and different take from mikey to the good job on his articles shout out to mike well written man yeah. I, I share i shared the hell out of that one i yeah. love mike i think mike is a fantastic writer yeah mikey's we're awesome. very lucky to have him on the team very we, we have yeah rob is really good too and you haven't haven't seen rob's writing too but we our writing team is is really really good very uh underrated first first nicks content creators to have uh actual blog Let's go. A lot of first. Uh, trust me. Uh, more first to come. More first to come. <laughs> All right. That is our show. Thank you guys for for for, for rocking with us. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. Next game is what's the next game? Atlanta on Wednesday. Ooh. That's the game where I, I hate I hate playing Atlanta without Mitch, man. Yeah. I hate playing Atlanta without Mitch. Like I always feel I always feel like we miss Mitch the most when we played Atlanta. Like every single time. But hopefully, you know what? Hart and Hart has played a lot better since in since Mitch has been absent. So hopefully that trend for Hart continues and we able to figure something out. And actually went on the boards and beat Atlanta. Because we need this wins. We need these wins really bad right now. Because right now, we are a half a point behind in, for sixth place in the East behind the Heat. The Nets right now are fifth. Um, but I can see things changing. I can see things changing. I can see us going as high as fifth. But I at least want to get that sixth spot for sure and lock that up. Yes. Good job, Denver. Good job. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, is the Josh Hart jersey available for sale yet? I'm not sure. Um, also, Fritz asked me, Jay Ellis, do you want anybody off the buyout market for a backup point guard? No, I'm not interested in any anybody in the buyout market like the buyout market is like old vets i don't need old vets on the team like the reason why i'm okay with josh hart even though he's a vet is he's he's still like he's still young 20 he's still mid-20s you know so a mid-20 guy he's still considered in that sweet spot prime type of player once you start getting to like the 30s and the 32s and 33s, even though in reality that's not old, but in basketball years it's old, I, I'm not interested in bringing guys over 30 to take away minutes for Emmanuel quickly at that backup point guard spot. I'd rather quick have that experience being the back going PG in playoff action and growing that way. All right. Yep. All cool. facts. Yep. All right, that is our show. All right, Lee, let them know where they can find you. 
Find me on Twitter at underscore Lee Escobedo. Vibes have been good. Vibes have been immaculate lately. So there's been no need to debate, no need to argue, no need to, sh- to fly my fire Tibbs flag. Uh, I'm enjoying the wins. Uh, I also want to give a major shout out to the mods in the chat. You yes. know, it's great. We, we've had a hundred people in here watching almost the entire time. Big ups to the Knit fans out there staying up with us late. Uh, break, with this breakdown analysis, we appreciate you. I, I was a fan before I was on a show, and I know what so I do that work in the morning. You're still up here listening to us talk about the Knits and, and commiserating with us in the comments. We appreciate and have much love for you guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. We are nothing without you guys. So everybody who's been watching us tonight, uh, we super appreciate you. Um, and yeah, man, come kick it with us. You can call the next time. You don't have to be shy to. I'm sorry. We kind of took a little minute to get to the phone lines, but uh, next time we'll try to do a little bit faster. I didn't want to break up the conversation, but salute to everybody who supported us um, from the beginning of the season to now. And other newcomers too. salute to you. Welcome. All right. Ryan G, let them know where you can find you. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S-I-R-G-I-C-H-I-L-L-I. You can also find me at Sergi's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G-K-O-T. Big up the Knicks tonight. Finally beating the Nets. You have you have one MSG in Manhattan. You have another MSG in Brooklyn. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to call them MSG too. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. You already know. Let me get to the screen. Listen, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. That's where you can find us when you listen to us on podcasts. Get those black and white and blue and orange snapbacks at thenickatimeshow.com as well. All you got to do is go to nickatimeshow.com, hit catalog, boom, all the merch shows up right there. All right. Also, go to the KOT show on Twitter, the Nick and Tom show on Instagram, and the Nick and Tom show on Facebook if you want to follow us on all social media. Shout out to uh, my laptop that just died. Uh, my lights are out. So it's a good time to end the show. All right. So thank you guys for watching us. Also, <laughs> shout out to Fubu TV. If you want to watch the Knicks for free for seven days, go to fubutv.com slash KOT. Also, don't forget to hit that like button on the way out and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If you're feeling the channel, we're almost at 8K. We're like getting very close to 8K followers, subscribers on YouTube. We really want to get to 10 before we get to 10. Got to get to eight. Okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, great show, guys. Kathy, I see you, girl. <laughs> Get back on the show, all right? Yo, Kathy, what's good? What's good, Kathy? <laughs> but yeah, man, thanks for rock with us. And as always, shout out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these next YouTube streets. That's our show. We out this mug. Peace. New York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams.